Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I may not be able to watch any basketball this season. I swear to God, Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. Who ready? I'm ready. Who ready? I'm ready. Who ready? I'm ready. Well, give me my dirt theme music, dude. Ken Lavica. Get a run in, make an early cocktail, cut a gummy in half. Theo Dorsey. Very excited to have the opportunity to add him to the team. Stone Lebanowitz. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Uh, Theo, will you allow me to indulge you on a story about my night last night? Of course, man. Just keep it PG. All right. Yeah, no, no, no. I promise. This is uh, this is one of the few uh, uh, Arda X-rated evening stories. What's up, baby? <laughs> What's up, baby? Back home in, uh, in Broward. Uh, I'm in uh, Charlotte because I'm with uh, FAU basketball or FAU football. Uh, I've got basketball in my brain. It starts in two weeks. FAU football tonight takes on Charlotte. So I am I am in Charlotte. And we go to dinner. We flew on on the charter. We go to dinner. And I enjoyed dinner. It was good. Had a couple of beers. Watched a little bit of the uh, the first opening portions of uh, the Bills and Bucks. And I get back to my hotel room. And I, I flip on the TV. And I'm like, you know what? I'll catch the final couple of minutes of, uh, of the, uh, the, the Bucks and uh, and the the Sixers last night. See Damian Lillard in a Bucks uniform. See what that looks like. Uh, pretty good early season Eastern Conference matchup. Some James Harden intrigue. And as I'm I'm turning the TV on, this this on TNT is what I tuned into. Damian Lillard, three pointer flies. That three-pointer gave the Bucks the lead. That three-pointer gave Damian Lillard 37 points. Lillard finishes with 39, and the Bucks come back to beat the 76ers 118 to 117. And this is when it occurred to me, guys, that could have been the Heat. Mm. That should have been the Heat, if not for Joe Cronin, his pettiness, his toddler behavior, his abhorrent existence that that should have been the heat and it's not and I, I I don't know if I can watch basketball this season I almost might have to avoid it because watching the heat and the Pistons on opening night and watching Damian Lillard easily drop 39 on the 76ers head last night it's two different teams it's two different planes of existence and uh, I, don't, I don't see how the Heat are going to pull this off. Not with Damian Lillard in the Eastern Conference. And it sucks because it should have been us. If you think about it, though, Ken, <clears throat> excuse me, that smash burger is still lingering. Um, Boy, this dude yeah. ate right before the show. He was complaining yeah. about feeling nauseous and queasy, <laughs> and he ate too much. Uh, I just want to make sure, are you okay? Well, you know, I, I know the saying, uh, tough times don't last, tough people do. I think they lied because this uh, this smash burger is giving me a tough time. Kicking your ass. And uh, I considered myself tough before I ate it, but man, this is uh, this is yeah. tough recovery. Yeah, but smashing your ass. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get back to the uh, the basketball though. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, specifically though, the 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 Bucks, even with Dame Lillard's heroics, they had a similar game script as to what the Heat had over the Pistons. I guess the difference is, I guess they were playing the Sixers and we were playing the Pistons, but yeah. you can't be that yeah. mad at what happened. No, 
I, I'm not mad. Big lead, I, blow it, and then you you win in the end by one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy the Heat won, but here's the reality: the Heat without Damian Lillard, they're just a competitive team. The Heat with Damian Lillard would cruise to the Eastern Conference Championship. It it is it's really hard to watch Dame with the Bucks. I I think it's akin to you're sort of nerdy. In high school, right, uh, and you sit next to a very, very, very attractive girl who, if you didn't sit next to her, she probably wouldn't uh, even acknowledge your existence. But she sees you for you because you're in close proximity. She gets to learn your personality, and she laughs at your jokes, and you think to yourself, oh, my God, is there a chance that this this babe is interested? And suddenly, Theo, think, what if, what if I, against all odds, asked this girl to homecoming? Mm. What if I take her to homecoming? What if this is the start of a burgeoning relationship? Uh, she's not. She she's way out of my league. But maybe I can make this happen. And and then you get up the guts. You talk to your parents. You say, I can do this. I can do this. Your friends say, Come on, you can do this. Come on. It's like something out of a movie. And you ask her, and and then she says, Oh no, I'm already going with Bobby, the quarterback. And you show up to the homecoming dance, and you simply for hours watch from afar as she dances with Bobby. The quarterback. That's what this is. That was hey, you stuck the landing on that one pretty well. Yeah, it's a little uh it seems like he's speaking from experience. <laughs> I knew is, that was coming. Look at I Stone. knew that was coming. It was uh-huh. almost too detailed. Mm-hmm. Stone almost like as you were telling that story, it felt like Stone was embodying himself as Bobby the quarterback. Yeah, yeah no, I have no doubt Stone's <laughs> yeah. Bobby the quarterback. <laughs> breaking breaking nerds' hearts in high school. Yeah. So uh, was like, yeah, man, that, that, that sounds about accurate. What does Ken know? <laughs> as, as you can tell, I watched a lot of 90s uh, teen-based movies. Uh, just it, That's the premise of like every single uh, teen-based movie from the 90s. So yeah. that was right in my wheelhouse. That's like She's All That with Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook right there. That's like the premise of that. Um, but, but it sucks. How how can we go on watching 82 games of the Heat while Damian Lillard is going to be averaging 31 points a game when he should have been in a Heat uniform? What if what if the Heat got the job done? What if Joe Cronin wasn't an ass? What if Damian Lillard was in his preferred destination? What if, what if, what if? But he's not, and it's really hard to watch. It's not just hard to watch. It's also very threatening to the Miami Heat itself because it's not like the Bucks are in the West, right? It's right. not like the Bucks weren't already a contender or a fierce rival of the Heat in these Eastern Conference playoffs. Like, not only did the Heat not get Dame Lillard, the opportunity cost is that Dame Lillard will be playing against the Heat likely in the playoffs, and I think that, to me, is going to hurt the most. I'm not even concerned with this regular season. I'm not even concerned with who the Bucks play in the playoffs before they play the Heat. When that matchup does inevitably happen, that's when my heart's going to be crushed the most because uh, we just know that he wanted to be in Miami, but he's now like a mercenary for the Bucks, and he's going to ball out anyways because he's Dame freaking Lillard. In the pantheon of Heat history, there are a few what-ifs that exist. What if Allen Houston didn't hit the shot in 99? What if LeBron decided to show up for the finals in 2011 what if the spurs didn't purposely break their air conditioning in the arena just a few years later what if chris bosh didn't get the blood clots but this this what if what if jimmy hit the shot game seven against the celtics at home but this what if what if the heat actually 
did what it took and were able to and were dealing with an adult in Portland, Joe Cronin? What if they got Damian Lillard? This is going to end up being the biggest what if in Heat history. It could be, but then again, like let's let's not sleep on the fact that the Bucks still have to go out and do it, right? Like they still I think have they're going to gonna do it. Well, no, no honestly, they have to rely on health. Like it's the NBA is still a game of luck where you have to be healthy and hot at the right time. They still have to have that chemistry, which it seems like they've got right from the tip. But like it, they still got to do it, Ken. It's only one game, and there is time to panic, and the time is not now. <sighs> let's listen to Jay Will, our buddy Jay Will. Uh, who was uh, who was on? Is this first take or get up, Stone? I think it was get up. He was on get up, get up on ESPN. Jay will uh, already singing the praises of Giannis and Dame and that connection. My biggest takeaway from this game: in one game, in one game, Giannis and Dame are more compatible and have less redundancy. Than the seven-year career of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Oh my yeah. goodness! No, no, uh, that more compatible and less redundancy That's... than the seven-year career of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They play off each other extremely well. The pieces work. Actually, you know what? You don't have to build a wall against Giannis anymore because he's not bringing the ball up the court. Now it's Dame. Now you have Giannis who's going to get another seven or eight points on the wing who can just put his head down and attack. You have Brooke Lopez who's trailing. It opens up the offense way more. And by the way, these two are going to have a lot of field goal attempts. They should. They, they work well together. And by the way, we'll work on their defense. There are things that they need to get better at. But still, what you saw on the court last night, it fits like Jokic and Murray. It fits like LeBron and AD. It works, Allen. That was my fear, is that they're immediately going to get together and they're going to make beautiful basketball babies. And that's what's happening already. It, it is amazing that um, that that pairing is, is so good because – well, we already knew it would, it would be good. It's amazing it's that good this early. But it also reminds you that, like, I feel like Dame Lillard is that type of piece that can work, like, in synchronicity with so many different folds of players. Like, that's why I didn't like what Gilbert Arenas said the other day because I think he could have had – Dame Lillard could have had that same two-man game with Bam and then also had Jimmy Butler, and that would have been an even more prolific attack uh, when you think about what the Heat already had in place. So – um, Dame Lillard just works, man. He's, he, that, it's good uh, to see him thriving along, uh, alongside uh, another star. Theo, that doesn't make me feel any better. Oh, what just could yeah. have been. Yeah. It, it could have been good with Bam. Could have been good with Jimmy. Could have made sure we never saw Kyle Lowry in a Heat uniform again. What if? What if? What if? <sighs> what is the biggest what if of your sports fan existence? What is the biggest what if? of your sports fan existence, because this is definitely up there. But in my lifetime, I had, what if Michael Jordan doesn't retire the first time? Do the Bulls, the team that I loved through my childhood, do they win eight in a row? The answer to that question, guys, is yes. I mean, of course. They win eight straight, and they match the Celtics' eight straight championships. The answer to that is unequivocally Yes, because they were significantly better than those Houston Rockets teams of Hakeem Olajuwon and Rudy Tomjanovich. That's right, Theo. I said it. Yeah, I don't know, man. You're forgetting some names. Mario Elie. Oh, Kenny Smith. Oh, Kenny okay. Smith. Kenny uh-huh. DeJet. Right, like, right, that, right. that was an elite That was an elite uh, Houston Rockets team, and though I wasn't really uh, alive and conscious for it, my Houston background does not allow me to say that you're, you're going to get eight straight there. I think the Rockets at least get one. The Houston Rockets 
should always thank the Chicago Bulls <laughs> and always thank Michael Jordan for the opportunity to win two NBA championships because it would not have happened if he were still in the league. Now, the other one for me growing up was what if there was no 1994 baseball strike? These guys, guys, this is not relevant to you. You guys weren't alive. Uh, you guys don't watch or care about baseball. That's fine. But in 94, if there's no Major League Baseball strike, guess who wins the World Series? The Chicago White Sox. The White Sox had the best team that year. And Yankees fans will say, oh, we could have beaten you in the play. No, you wouldn't have. Expos fans will say, oh, we would have won the No, you wouldn't have. The White Sox, they were there in the ALCS the week before, as I taught you guys earlier this week. They would have won the World Series in 94. What if there was no Major League Baseball strike? Those are notable ones for me. What is the biggest what if of your sports fan existence? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. What if Damian Lillard ended up going to where he wanted to, the Heat? Then the Heat could have been the social media darling last night. Dame Lillard dropping 39. He would have gone out, beat the Celtics tonight in a Heat uniform, and everybody would be celebrating. What if Michael Jordan didn't retire the first time? Did the Bulls win eight straight championships? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And this is not the living in regret. These are just things that happen. These are the ways of the world. This is how the universe made things to be. And then you look back and you think to yourself, just what if it was different? What if this happened and this happened and X and Y? What if this transpired? How would it change the course of history? What comes to your mind? What is what is one of your biggest sports what ifs, Theo? I have a huge one right here. I was going to go with the Heat. Uh, Jimmy Butler hitting a shot against the Celtics, but we already mentioned that. So I'll go with my secondary one, which I think is more fun anyway. And this what if? And this what if, if it happened the way that I think it should have happened, or maybe not, Patrick Mahomes would have four Super Bowl titles. So <clears throat> just, just hang with me here. Okay. What if Drew Bledsoe never ruptures that spleen yes. and doesn't get injured, uh, emboldening the way for Tom Brady to take over as the Patriots quarterback Okay. Um, back in, what was that, 2000, the year 2000? 2001. 2001. What if... Drew Bledsoe doesn't open the door for the greatest uh, run in, in really in National Football League, but maybe even sports history well, with Tom sports. Brady. Um, and, and the reason why I say this is more Patrick Mahomes-based and more Patrick Mahomes-centric. Yeah, you're playing the, lo- the real long game here. Let's go to the real long game here, right? So Tom Brady <laughs> doesn't get that, that runway, right, to take off as the new sports darling, right? He doesn't become the guy that refs start changing rules for and the league office starts uh, creating new ways to give him an opportunity to win, right? He still is going to cheat down the line, right? He still has Spygate. He still has these other Deflategate things that happen. Maybe he gets a couple Super Bowls. But let's fast forward this thing up to uh, modern-day football, right? AFC Championship game, Patriots-Chiefs. D4 offsides, that happens, right? That's, a, that's all the thing that happens. I think that if Tom Brady never uh, gets that runway early in his career, maybe he doesn't become the starting quarterback for the Patriots. Patriots aren't even in that AFC championship game. Patrick Mahomes makes it through. He went to the Super Bowl in his first year as a starter. Okay. Also, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. That uh-huh. whole shabacle doesn't ever happen. And uh-huh. they don't get the confidence they need to have that great pass rush and have all of Tom Brady's friends come in and win that Super Bowl. That's another Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes. And that would give him, what is he at, two right now. 
Those are two that he didn't get. That would give him four Super Bowl championships. And I think six years into Patrick Mahomes' career, we would already be calling him the greatest quarterback ever, uh, not just the most talented or not just the best player we've seen play that position, but he would already have that legacy of the greatest quarterback of all time with four Super Bowls, probably like three MVPs as well. Uh, give me that one. Drew Bledsoe not getting injured for the Patriots, uh, enabling the way for Patrick Mahomes to be cre- uh, the, the greatest of all time before he even retires. That was even more circuitous than I yeah. thought it would be. Yeah. Because I thought for sure that Bledsoe never getting hurt, not opening the door for Brady, Theo is simply going to apply it to the Buccaneers-Chiefs Super Bowl. But no, he went to the AFC Championship game just two years prior. That was... um, It was convoluted. That was weaving and windy, but it works. Very butterfly effect, if uh, I may say so myself. I got something for you, Theo. What's up? If Tom Brady wasn't who he was and Tom Brady didn't do what he did, would Patrick Mahomes be who he is? Now, I know this is uh, what kind of conspiracy <laughs> theory. I, I get it. But if Patrick Mahomes wasn't able as a college student, as yeah. a kid growing up, able to watch Tom Brady realize what greatness is, like, do you think that he would have been as motivated? I know it's, it, it's long-winded, right? Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's funny to even actually think about but with Tom Brady even just existing, right, it motivated guys like Patrick Mahomes to be like, okay, I got to go above and beyond to be a Hall of Famer. I got to go above and beyond to win these Super Bowls because a guy like Tom Brady's in the league. So maybe if Tom Brady didn't exist, mm. Patrick Mahomes might not even now, exist. I mean, Theo, here's the thing, though. Stone is one step away from what if <laughs> what if Mr. and Mrs. Brady didn't uh, overindulge on wine one night and then hit the couch and conceive Tom? Like, we're one step away from that now. What well, if? And also, I'll say, I mean, every single time I see Patrick Mahomes, you know, behind center with the ball and making plays, I always think, man, that reminds me of Tom Brady. Right. That throwing motion. That reminds me of Tom Brady. I wonder if he's inspired by Tom, like his pregame speeches. Like, oh, that's Tom Brady right there. I think if you were to ask a 16, 17 year old and you as a TV guy would have interviewed a 16, 17 year old Patrick Mahomes. Hey, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? Like who motivates you? He would say Tom Brady. What if he said Aaron Rodgers? I was about to say, I think Rodgers would have been a better. I mean, this also feeds into your ego and and your guy. Why didn't you go Rodgers here? Because that that is the more likely analogy there. I didn't want you guys to pile on with Aaron Rodgers stuff, oh. so I just tried to keep his name out of my mouth real quick, even though it's coming. Yeah. Uh, what is the biggest <laughs> what-if of your sports fan existence? What is the biggest what-if of your sports fan existence? Uh, mine is, well, I suppose my most current one is what if the Heat actually did land Damian Lillard, but before that, what if there was no baseball strike in 94? The White Sox, they probably win the World Series. What if? Theo, Theo's is a a very windy and uh, twisting and turning. What if Drew Bledsoe never has a spleen exploded? We don't get Brady, but to take it one step further, Patrick Mahomes maybe has four straight Super Bowls because then Brady doesn't beat him in the A. AFC Championship game. Brady doesn't beat him in the Super Bowl in Tampa. What is the biggest what if of your sports fan existence? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Chunky messages in. What if the Dolphins let Saban sign Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper? That mm. probably changes the trajectory of that franchise as well. You know who's to blame for uh, Drew Brees not being a Dolphin? Danny Cannell's dad. 
How? He was the team doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Who did not clear Drew Brees. So anytime you see a terrible Danny Cannell take on Twitter about college football, and they're pretty much all bad. All of them. John resident, by the way, all of them. Just know his dad is to blame for uh, the Dolphins not getting Drew Brees. Hope you heard that, Danny. Uh, How good an NFL head coach you think Saban would have been anyway, even if he made that right personnel decision? Doesn't he just I, feel like a guy that was going to thrive more at the college level? I don't know. I mean, you could – what if what what if Nick Saban decided not to go to Alabama? And you're probably right because what works at college, especially the way he coaches, yeah. what works in college generally doesn't uh, translate to the NFL. You need a Pete Carroll-type personality, I think, uh, sort of loose – sort of uh, extended borders, Nick Saban, very disciplined, very get-in-line, almost militaristic. I don't think it would have worked. But, I mean, Saban did have a team in his last year that going into the season, they were a sexy Super Bowl pick. Now they they ended up not having a good year. But, but. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't know the answer to that. It's a it's a it's a great what if. What if Nick Saban never stepped away from the Dolphins? Mm. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It's it yeah. That could go either way. Because Alabama fans could say, what if Nick Saban never came to Alabama? Ooh. Alabama would still be a middling team in the college football landscape. And under Saban, they went from middling team to powerhouse. And championship contender every single year. What is the biggest what if of your sports fan existence? Stone, I'm sure you have something Aaron Rodgers coming. It is Aaron Rodgers, right? And I know it was going to be ugh. But seriously, though, I think we can give it some thought because I think we would still be talking about Aaron Rodgers on a day-to-day basis. Like, he would still be providing content. When you look at the two teams they've lost to, it's the Dallas Cowboys and the Patriots. Now, if they win those two games because of Aaron Rodgers, they're 5-1 and one and the Dolphins don't hold sole possession of first place in the AFC East. So, of course, I'm going Aaron Rodgers and the Achilles and it can be poo-pooed, but I do think it would be Aaron Rodgers all day, every day on not only ESPN radio, but on national television and all of these things. I do think when it's all said and done, it might be one of the biggest what-ifs. Like, if he doesn't come back is another yeah. what-if to do. If he tries to come back and gets hurt again, this Aaron Rodgers in, in general right now in 2023 is the biggest what-if that I can ever think of, especially in my all sports All right, well, life. Theo, let's do this. Theo, let's do this just right now. Just gut feel. What if Aaron Rodgers doesn't tear his Achilles in week one? What is the state of the Jets right now? To be honest with you, I'm not sure it's too much better because that offensive line was so bad, he was going to get hit in another way again. Like If it wasn't an Achilles, it would have been a a hip or a shoulder or a a collarbone. Like I think the better what if would have been what if at the 15th pick in the first round, a tackle would have failed to them that they could have drafted to beef up that old line to protect them the whole year long, right? Like, because that was the reason why he got injured, and it was going to happen again. He's going to get hit. I say Jets are four and two. If Rodgers is just healthy, yeah, four and two. Dolphins a half game up in the AFC East. Who do they? Who do they lose to then? Out of those, those uh, you go Cowboys. Yeah. So they beat the Bills. Yeah, you're going to beat the Patriots. Yeah, they beat the Bills in real life. I mean, you lose to the Pats 15-10. to 10. I think Aaron Rodgers would have uh, had a say about that. So, yeah, you're 4-2 and two and you're in four second two. place. Like, that's reasonable, right? Like, I don't think I'm disrespecting him. Not at all. I think that it's 4-2, and two, and I think it's also giving uh, Robert Sala a whole lot of credit, um, which I'm increasingly finding myself doing, which is driving me insane. Yeah, Robert Sala also has uh, the second shortest odds to win coach of the year. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I found that a little odd, but at the same time, not really. Well, was that a pun or was that just uh, a word that came into your mind? What? Odd. 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 Uh, fucking odds. 
Uh, well, oh, yeah, you see, well, wow. You know, you know, I just do these things naturally. Oh, it's a little, oh. it's, it's just a little bit of Ken Levicka rubbing off on me. Hey, hey, oh, from long distance, huh? How about that? That can't wait to pound those guys. <laughs> what is the biggest what if of your sports fan existence? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Getting us going on the phones. A lot of pressure. Steve in West Palm on ESPN 106.3. Hey, Steve. Hey, what about if Len Bias had lived? If Len Bias had not overdosed and had lived, uh, I mean, we're talking about someone who I think a lot of people suspect was going to have a Hall of Fame career. Uh, obviously, that that uh, him going into the NBA, becoming what you would think would be a perennial all-star, it's one of the most tragic athlete deaths of all time. And appreciate the call, Steve. Yeah, what if, what if Len Bias doesn't? Overdose, which again is one of the 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 single lowest points in college basketball in basketball history. What if Len Bias does not overdose? His coach at uh, at Maryland, Lefty Drizel. I used to hear stories of this all the time because I did. I went to college in Hampton. I spent a lot of time in D.C. Maryland area, and I used to hear so much about um, Len Bias. And his yep. coach would literally say the greatest player he ever saw play wasn't Michael Jordan; it was Len Bias. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of. Th- those are one of those things that, like, of course, all of that happened before my time, and all I hear is stories. And then you watch the documentary, but like to think that Larry Bird and a championship Celtics right. team was just gonna have introduced to them this guy that they're yep. saying is like more electric than Michael Jordan, maybe, and was like six eight, two forty, built like a football player. Like, I was just gonna say that is is imagine you might never have the back end of the Lakers dynasty. You yeah. might never have the beginning of the Pistons dynasty. You might have the Celtics butting up against the Bulls in terms of NBA dominance instead of the Lakers and the Pistons coming into play. It's crazy because it's like the way they talked about him was almost like modern day like Zion Williamson type build like is what it what I, uh, I mean, picked up from it does Michael Jordan become the absolute dominant icon he becomes if Len Bias is in Ooh, the league I, 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 there's just a, a whole lot to unpack yeah, from I'm that. loving this yeah that's always going to be the one like that the Len Bias one and for it to happen like right after he was drafted so we never even got a taste of his right. NBA career like right Ooh, that's a yeah that's a, that's a powerful one uh, let's stay in West Palm with Chris on Levicka, Theo, and Stone. Hey, Chris. Yes, sir. I've got a good one. So okay. what if the Pittsburgh Steelers had drafted Dan Marino when they had the chance in that <laughs> they, amazing draft? They absolutely what? had the chance. The hometown boy. What would have happened? And what would the Dolphin? what would Shula have become? Ooh. <sighs> good question. I mean, I mean I he already had his legacy. Dolphins. He already had his championships, but do the Dolphins do anything in the 80s without Dan Marino? Right, right. Probably not. Right. Pittsburgh, here's, here's the amazing thing. Pittsburgh could have gone on because they were the dominant team in the 70s. They could have gone on and become a dynasty in the 80s as well with Dan and going against uh, uh, is it, uh, Joe Montana, right, in San Francisco in the 80s. Right. Uh, I think that's a great one. I think that is Who a great one. Who did they end one. up with instead? Was it Brad? Not Bradshaw, because Bradshaw was uh, 70s. Who are you talking? Oh, wait, who are you the talking Steelers. about, Theo? Yeah, well, the Steelers. Uh, let's see, in the eighties, who was their quarterback? I, don't, I, the I just really don't recall. I'm asking out of pure curiosity because also I wondered 
I feel like the Steelers are similar to the Packers and they have these runs and this longevity and this continuity at these key positions like quarterback and coach. Yeah, the 80s was Terry Bradshaw. Oh, it was. was it? Okay. okay. It was back end of career Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, then you had uh, Cliff Stout. <laughs> the there great, it is. The great Cliff Stout. What is the biggest what if of your sports fan existence? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. We'll keep taking your calls. Let me tell you about Baptist South Orthopedic Care. You're experiencing foot and ankle pain. Need to see an expert in the field. Baptist South Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash ortho. Biggest what if of your sports fan existence. Stone, should we take another call or should we take a break and then continue with calls? You want to squeeze Jerry in? Let's squeeze Jerry in. It's Jerry from Lake Worth. All right, Jerry, we're squeezing you in. What's up, Jerry? Uh, let me see if I can fit in here. <laughs> All right. My biggest what if for you guys. I'm a little biased, obviously. It's my what if. But what if Andrew Luck never got hurt so many times and if he never retired? The team they have now. Think of they have Taylor, Clinton Nelson, Pittman, yep. Downs, all this firepower, and a real, real quarterback. I couldn't imagine. Uh, Jerry, why don't you let Stone uh, tell you how he feels about Andrew Luck's retirement? If you haven't heard it, Stone, go ahead. You have the floor. I think he's pillow soft. Uh, I think he's half of a man. I mean, Jerry, how embarrassing is that? How embarrassing is that? Oh, I know. It was painful for me. There was a hole in my bedroom door for a year. I didn't get rid of it. (laughs) Specifically to remind me of how bad that was. Just so you know, you feel something. I heard it. I just screamed, no! I started screaming around the house. My wife's like, what's wrong? I was like, everything's wrong. The world's (laughs) ending. (laughs) The world is ending. End the whole thing. Appreciate the call, Jerry. What if? I mean, Andrew Luck, he's he's a whole... Hall of Fame. You know where I'm going. Hall of Fame. Like, am I? Yes. Right. He he would have. He's yes? Hall of Fame bound type guy. He's that kind of guy. Okay. But he didn't do it. So My mind no. goes to ah, T.Y. Hilton would still be in the league, giving people hell if if Andrew Luck was still around. Like Man. this team would still be put together if, if AL was still in the lineup. Hmm. AL. I've never heard of anybody drop an AL. Yeah, I've never heard AL actually. Uh, you just made that up. No, a few of the Amazon Prime guys said it when he was on there. <laughs> oh. They did when he came on there. He was like, like, "What's up, AL?" I mean, I think, up, it, I think it was Fitz or Wit or one of the guys dropped an AL, and I was like, "I will try to adopt that whenever no, I can." It, it doesn't no. work. Yeah, it, don't adopt that. Yeah, what? Like when you it have sucks, a honestly. when you have a three syllable name, you don't need AL. All right, let's go to break, KL. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is the biggest what if of your sports fan existence? SL eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Social media at KLV one zero six three, and I've officially been yelled at for the first time in this hotel lobby to keep it down. Guess what? No, I got bills to pay. He's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. You guys know how Jerry said that when Andrew Luck retired, he kicked a hole into his door? Um, what would your significant others do if you uh, if you destroyed something or caused some sort of of uh, damage 
to your property over sports. Like what, Theo, what would Ashley's reaction be if you punched a hole into the wall or pulled the TV off the wall and smashed it into a million pieces? Yeah, my fiance is very nice, very forgiving, um, very lenient with me with so many things, but anything that aggressive, repulsive, anything that uh, destructive, uh-huh. I don't think would fly over very well. She also would be, I, you know, you know Ashley, she's very kind-hearted. She's very, like, She'll be so appalled Even by that. She'll, she'd, yeah, she'd yeah she'd be like almost just offended by your existence. Yeah, she she would like like I, not even exaggerating. She'd probably go stay with her sister for like a week. Like <laughs> she she'd be like afraid almost. Like, that, that that would be the most adversity she'd seen in a while. Like that would be crazy to her. <laughs> the seeing most me, adversity yeah, she's seen in a while. Punch a hole through a wall. Our uh-huh. house is so docile. It's too. Now, Stone, I'm curious, uh, your girlfriend, Jess, say you, like you see on YouTube sometimes, like someone taking a, a bat to their, or a golf club to their TV in frustration over sports, or you kicking a door and leaving a mark, what would Jess do? We kind of go by uh, an eye for an eye system in our household. So if I put a hole in the window, a hole in the TV, she's putting a hole in my face. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to just sit there and take it. You know it's coming. Yeah, I mean, yeah, eye for an eye. It's my yeah. turn. Uh, we've been talking about the biggest what-ifs of your sports fan existence. Jerry messages in, what if my uncle had boobs? Okay. All right. If, uh, I, mean, yeah, the- I mean, that question gets harder and harder in 2023. Like, back in 07, it was like people <laughs> would just say, well, that's your aunt. But nowadays, uh, you, 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 you got to be more nuanced. Ask the pronouns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Jerry, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks for nothing. Let's get to a uh, let's get to a uh, an injury emporium brought to you by Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Hut, green, hut, hut. Oh no, there's a man down. So Theo, you know all that fretting, all that worrying, all that distress I was in yesterday over Tyreek Hill and his hip. You remember that? Yeah, that's uh, the typical Ken behavior, yeah, overreacting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and again, Stone, could we unearth uh, Tua real quick from yesterday? Uh, two days ago, but we played the sound yesterday. If you could. If you can't, just let me know. But um, it would be great if we could hear it uh, because this is why I was concerned. When you have your quarterback, right, when you have your MVP candidate standing at the podium and saying things like, we'll get Tyreek Hill back down the line. Here's here's Tua yesterday. Lightning quick, by the way, Stone. Well done. Here's Tua uh, two days ago, I should say, uh, revealing that there's a Tyreek Hill injury. You know, you, you can't sleep on. Um, you know, if, if we couldn't have Tyreek, that would be, you know, tough, but the show goes on. You got to continue to play, and uh, somewhere down the line, we're going to get Tyreek back. And there you go. That you know, was the one, that was the that was the, the 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 phrase right there. Somewhere down the line, we'll get Tyreek back. Understandably concerning, though, right? I I know that I'm a little bit neurotic, and I uh, I'm always worst case scenario. But you hear your quarterback say that, Theo, and that's a little concerning. It is. It is. And he didn't lie. Somewhere down the line, the line just maybe is a little quicker, sooner than you thought before. Yeah, that line was, well, a matter of hours because Tyreek Hill <laughs> practiced yesterday in full and said he was fine, and he's playing on Sunday. He was he was straight up asked, are you playing Sunday? He goes, oh, yeah, baby. I did like – I like the thought of the gamesmanship side of it that Stone brought up, like maybe because of the fact that the Patriots, you know, in, in what was that, week three? I think I brought that up, to be honest. No, nah, I mean, Stone did. 
Did Stone you? did. Don't try uh, to don't try to commandeer what, his take. What is that? <laughs> what the hell? Did, that was just yesterday. Like what was that right there, Theo? Stone. I'm actually offended for you right now. <laughs> if he was in the studio, I would throw something at him right now. <laughs> he tried to steal uh, your take. That was such a mean, mean. <laughs> he didn't even hesitate. Did. He was like, no, 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 that was he me. Said, that was me. It's all me right there. It's a Ken original. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. No. But I I did uh, like it though because the way the Patriots played the Dolphins was so unorthodox last time with the three safeties deep the whole game. You're going to take Tyreek Hill out of the game and make them beat you elsewhere. Right. So I wonder if, I mean, I started when Stone said it, and then Ken tried to steal it. <laughs> he tried to colonialize the. <laughs> uh, uh, colonize. Colonize geez. it, right. He tried my, to colonize that thing. My imperialistic hosting ways. Yeah, like that before that happened. But no, what? Uh, I think that would have been a, a nice kind of bit of gamesmanship because the Patriots do have to practice a different style of defense, obviously, when they're facing Tyreek Hill. But no, it was just, you know, maybe a hiccup in his, in his hip. Uh, so so uh, Tyreek Hill came back to practice. He's going to play Sunday. I, <laughs> as soon as the show ended, I had like five people tweet at me, look, Tyreek Hill's in practice. He's in practice. <laughs> so people were listening, were worried about me, and then making sure that I was stepping away from the ledge. So I appreciate that. What I just did to Stone, where Theo is is very vividly remembering something that Stone said yesterday, a good point, and I immediately jump in with, I think I said that. <laughs> That's crazy. Incorrectly jump in with, I said that. Is that the rudest thing I've ever done to anyone on this show? What I just did to Stone trying to steal, steal his take glory. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. One more thing I'm going to ask you to do, Stone. Uh, you remember when I sent you earlier, or it might have been last week, the Bo Jackson highlights? Yes. Bo Jackson highlights. Could you find those real quick? Stand by. Because it's amazing how things come full circle sometimes. Uh we were going to talk about, Theo, uh, the the best uh, comeback players, the washed players who came back and were able to make something of the rest of their careers. We didn't actually get to the topic, and that's my fault, as it always is when we don't get to a topic. Uh, we were talking about Julio Jones being picked up by the Eagles. We're going to, but Bo Jackson came to mind. Bo Jackson, who, uh, if you're playing Tecmo Super Bowl, he's the greatest single player in the history of Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, he is is one of the biggest athletic freaks of all time. Do you have any Bo Jackson memories? I don't have any of watching him play, um, but I have heard the stories of Tecmo Bowl, and I've played a, a, a computer version of Tecmo Bowl um, with Bo Jackson, and, and the uh, rumors are true. He's that guy. He is that guy. Uh, so Bo Jackson, Mark messages in, I'll what if this. What if Bo Jackson did not have a hip injury? Mm. Now, what that is in reference to is in the 91 NFL playoffs for the Raiders, Bo Jackson, big run down the sideline, gets tackled from behind, and it dislocated his hip. And it also damaged or severed a lot of uh, different muscles and and um, uh, the, the entire inner structure of his hip. So much so that he was losing blood flow, that he needed surgery and a full hip replacement placement so that all for all intents and purposes ended his football career he couldn't really run with any sort of of power any longer because again like he almost had severe vascular issues with that leg because of how uh, severe that hip injury was so Bo Jackson 
uh, instead just turned his full focus on baseball. The White Sox signed him. He didn't play at all in 1992 because he got the hip replacement. And so he comes back for the 93 season. Nobody knows what Bo Jackson's going to be. We don't even know if he can walk on that leg. And it is first at bat for the White Sox in 1993. Bo Jackson coming off of a hip replacement. This freak, this is what he did. That ball hit deep to right field. Tarnival goes back, looks up. You can put it on the board. Yes! Bo Jackson in his first at bat in the 93 season. Homers to right field. What a moment this is for that man. So, Theo, this guy who got his whole hip blown up, he comes back, and the first thing he does on an athletic playing surface after a hip replacement is go yard to the opposite field, by the way, which is sick. Um, uh, and then Bo Jackson did this in the White Sox. Remember when I taught you about the divisions, how it used to be you win the division, you go right to the ALCS? Yeah. Uh, nope. This was 93 to clinch the division to go to the ALCS. This was the clinching game, magic number at one for the White Sox. This was the go-ahead home run against the Mariners to clinch the division on a an August night on the south side of Chicago. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is Bo Jackson is awesome, baseball is awesome, and I miss the White Sox being good. How about that? Yeah, and baseball maybe uh, you know, a little easier too, I guess. I mean, I know people say it's like the hardest sport ever, but dude like loses hips and goes and dominates that sport. <laughs> really? Man. That's name, what you took away from that? Name the baseball player that's coming and doing believe, that. Huh? I mean, Stone, I can't believe Theo. that was Theo's take. Name away. the that was dramatic moments. <laughs> like, name, you know, you know we, we're kind of ping-ponging around, and it's Theo's turn, and that's what he steps up to the plate with? I mean, what are we doing there? Also, Ken, question. Yeah. What's that? Uh, I, I'd imagine that's the, the White Sox announcer. What, yeah. What's the phrase he goes I with? You can it. put it in the morgue? Put what it is it? <laughs> you can put it on the board. Okay. Yes. okay. Yeah, I love it. I that's love hard. it. And yeah, that, He uses was, it often, it seems. Yeah, well, he he's no longer their play-by-play voice. Uh, Ken Hawk Harrelson is his name. He's still alive. He has not passed, but he has retired. Uh, but he is in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. He got inducted a couple of years ago. He the Ford C. Frick uh, Award. You can uh, put it on the board. Put it on the board is a hard, <laughs> I love so it. hard home run call. What's funny is I grew, growing up a White Sox fan, Ken Hawk Harrelson, who used to be their GM way back in the day for a year, um, but he had all these sayings. And Ken Hawk Harrelson, by the way, if uh, I'm going to continue my teaching, he is the first player to uh, be documented uh, to wear batting gloves. He invented batting gloves and uh, brought them into baseball. So he was a player, then GM, then a then a then a broadcaster, broadcast. long time White Sox broadcaster. My Not entire even childhood, he was play nope. by play. He was play by play, and he had yeah. He didn't sound like your prototypical play by play guy. Deep Southern accent, yeah. like the whole thing on the South Side of Chicago. So weird, um, but. Um, 
he had all these sayings to put it on the board. You can put it on the board. Yes, he had all these nicknames. The Big Hurt, Frank Thomas, Big Hurt. That he was made him. That? He came oh, up with that. Man, this um, a legend. Lance Johnson wore number one. He was one dog. Uh, Tim Raines, Rock Raines. He came up with that. Um, anytime it was a lazy fly ball to the outfield, it'll say Canicorn, Canicorn. He created that catchphrase. Uh, and so when you're playing, <laughs> oh. you're playing baseball as kids. All we would do growing up in Chicago, we'd play and is you know we would use all of them. Uh, or uh, when the bases were loaded, he'd call it the socks packed with socks like how good is that stuff man the say that last one because sacks sacks packed with socks ah sacks packed with socks because the bases are sacks that's right so man. they they took can of corn and put it on the longest yard yeah yeah can of corn can of corn and i'll be that okay dang. that was ken hawk harrelson wow yep that's right all right, all right. well there's your uh there's your students there's your lesson classes dismissed uh, what is the biggest what if of your sports fan existence? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. That's Theo Dorsey, TD. That's Stone Labanowitz, SL. I'm Ken Levicka, KL. Uh, hold on. It's KL, uh, TD, and SL on ESPN1063. Did I do that right, Stone? <laughs> From the Adidar Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. All right, let's just get this out of the way. I'm being ombudsman, apparently. Let's go to Mike in West Palm. Hello, Mike. Deliver my beating, please. Hey, Ken. Not a beating. I just uh, think if you look back in history, that Hawk Harrison did not. Is he Dean? Wait, what was that? You broke up real quick. I'm sorry, Mike. Just repeat that last part. Dizzy Dean invented the saying tall can of corn. Dizzy Dean. Got it. And I have, and Mike, I appreciate the call, and I do stand corrected. That's where I heard can of corn was from Hawk Harrelson. Thank you. But apparently, Phil Rizzuto and Red Barber, who preceded him, New York broadcasters, also said can of corn. But you know what? I'm Chicago-centric, and I'm 39, and I learned it in Chicago. So for me, Ken Levicka, it was Hawk Harrelson. Is that okay. fair enough? That Is works that for fair me. enough? Hell yeah. Okay, good. Dizzy Dean. That's a throwback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a throwback of someone that you've barely ever heard of. No, though, think, it's, what's funny is I, I know Dizzy Dean. I had to go look it up because I'm like, why do I know that name? He has some kind of ties to Albany, Georgia. When I cover sports in South Georgia, there's like a bunch of Dizzy Dean stuff out there for him. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. I, I just still don't know why, but yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with Dizzy Dean. Uh, what if what if Damian Lillard was on the heat? What if that actually went through? Watching him score 39. They, like This is going to be an every night thing. Watching him score 39 last night. And then tonight I'm going to watch the heat slog against the Celtics. And I'm going to be thinking to myself, how much easier would this be if Damian Lillard was here to drop 39? And, you know, that's going to happen 82 times this year, Theo. 82 freaking times this year. Well... Are you not even? I'm. I'm more concerned with the fact that the Celtics also got Drew Holiday out of all of this. Like, the Blazers strengthened both of the Heat's biggest contenders in the East. Are you gonna even be able to watch tonight, Ken? Uh no. Well, uh, maybe, maybe the actually probably not. I'll watch a little bit in the <laughs> broadcast booth. FAU plays Charlotte seven thirty. I'll have the call. I'm in Charlotte, by the way, right now, getting yelled at by uh, old people having a convention in the uh, lobby because they're saying I'm too loud. Um. Uh, the but yeah, I, I'll pay attention in the in the booth. It's probably for the better. I don't. I'm not able to sit down and watch it uh, continuously. 
I, I'm going to make sure to tap in after uh, after high school football stuff. Um, so I'll probably catch the second half of it. But I, th- this excites me though because th- again, the Heat are the the unheralded. They are the underdog. They are the one with something to prove. And the Celtics and the Bucks are the ones that have to go out and show it every night. I, I I'm I'm excited to see who steps up with the Heat. Like this is going to be an area for opportunity, not one to think about. Oh, what could have been, and all pessimistic. I'm ready to see what. Triple J's gonna do but it, man. I don't want I don't wanna have to see guys emerge. I wanted the already emerged guy. Yeah, but you we, we did the big three era, all right? We we've been through that. Let's let's enjoy what we got right now. Lean I, in on I, what you got. I agree with Ken. It's it's not fun sitting there praying that somebody emerges and goes <laughs> right. nuclear from the three point line. Right, like, like we, we don't want that. Uh, like Nik- Nikola Jovic, I, I keep waiting for him to emerge, and he can't even get a minute. Like Spoh's not even going to play him a minute. Meanwhile, Damian Lillard, like I like the one, I, I like the butterfly who's already emerged from the cocoon, and you know is beautiful and awesome. I like that better. And, and there's nobody's going to emerge, Theo. I think it's if they do get this done, or, or can even make this thing close tonight. I mean, the Celtics favored by eight and a half. It's going to be a Spo night. Like yeah. you got to try to dial these guys right. up because there's tonight too much is, they have. That stone, that's a great call. Tonight is a spo night for sure. But what spo is spectacular at is is getting guys to emerge, getting the Max Struces in the. Uh, so like, let's look at Thomas Bryant. Maybe he. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> big addition right here. Oh, you just pile drove that thing into the <laughs> dirt. <laughs> Maybe you get something out of Thomas Bryant tonight. And we're going to have Kristaps Porzingis in the low block, and Thomas Bryant is going to try and be giving it his all. I'm yeah. not afraid of Porzingis on the low block that Theo, much. Theo. I am if Thomas Bryant's guarding him. <laughs> Theo, you remember earlier when uh, we were talking about the Heat and I said you weren't making me feel better? Yeah. Uh, you still are not making me ah, feel better. Dang. <sighs> you know what does make me feel better is uh, prize picks. Because uh, at least I, uh, I I have a chance to win in style with Prize Picks, the best daily fantasy Prize Picks NBA tonight. Am I playing it? <laughs> you bet I'm playing it. NFL this Sunday. Am I playing Prize Picks? <laughs> you bet I'm playing Prize Picks. Maybe, maybe I'll dabble in a little hockey just to get weird. Because I can. Because Prize Picks allows you to play daily fantasy with anything going on in sports that day. College football. Yep. Right there for you on the easy to use app. Prize picks. Use the promo code KLV. Double your deposit up to $100 with prize picks in the promo code KLV. I play it. This whole damn show plays it. It's prize picks. It's not just this show, it's, it, it's, it's the most fastly emerging daily fantasy in the entire United States of America. Prize picks. Promo code KLV. Prize picks. Promo code KLV. Get that deposit doubled up to $100 with prize picks. Uh, Stone is absolutely disgusted by something he heard last night on Amazon Prime NFL, the Bills and the Bucks. Stone is beside himself. What is it? We'll let you hear it when we come back. That's Theo Dorsey. He is Stone Lebanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. Levicka, Theo and Stone on ESPN 106.3.